0: this is the mg car club podcast with wayne scott and adam sloman
1: hello my name's wayne scott and you're listening to the first ever episode of the mg car club podcast coming up on our first episode we hear from david whale chairman of the federation of british historic vehicle clubs on drive it day and e10 fuel We hear the first of our MG members' stories as Charlotte Valden shares the story of her MGA called Frisky. And Adam has the first of our MG memories
0: from Kimber House. The MG Car Club Podcast
1: now we're all facing extraordinary times coronavirus and the restrictions that it's caused have touched every part of everyone's lives in every corner of the world Uh, getting out and about and enjoying our mgs is not possible at the moment we are forced to keep in touch with friends via telephone email and social media but Wherever you might be and whatever MG you might be crazy about, we are hoping through the medium of this podcast to keep you in touch, informed and hopefully entertained from now into the future. So stick with us, subscribe and get in touch with us here on the MG Car Club podcast in the coming weeks. All you have to do is go to mgpodcast.uk and there you'll find all the buttons and contacts you need. Now, though, let's get going and welcome my co-host adam sloman general manager of the mg car club hiya adam hi wayne how you doing like everyone else we're locked down baby so
2: where are you <laughs> at the moment in adam's house so i'm at home in uh, what has uh, quickly become my home office which is uh, really and truly our utility um so instead of sharing uh, office space with uh, everyone from kimber house i'm sharing with a tumble dryer and a uh, fridge freezer which is um different (laughs) we're all just
1: getting used to working from home really aren't we and I know you're having it particularly hard because you've got kids at home as well
2: yeah so I've got uh, I've got a seven-year-old and a ten-year-old home with me Uh, my wife's a a district nurse so uh, she's out looking after people at this uh, really challenging time so uh, I'm part-time general manager part-time home school teacher part-time chef part-time house husband Uh, yeah you name it I'm doing it at the moment
1: so, when you're not busy with all that, obviously you're general manager of MG Car Club, and you're usually in Kimber House. So, what does your sort of usual day-to-day bring? What What do you do? What do you do, Adam?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, all sorts of stuff. It's uh, it's crazy. I've been with the car club now for five years. It was uh, five years back in January. And a lot of people, when you say that you work for a car club, imagine sort of, you know, back bedroom, producing a newsletter, meeting members. Um, we do all of that, but on a on a much bigger scale. So at Kimber House, we're on the doorstep of the uh, Abingdon factory, which was there from 1929 through to 1980. Um, And we do all sorts of things. We get visitors from from all over the world. We work very closely with uh, MG Motor, the manufacturer. We are the world heritage partner for MG as a manufacturer. So we support them in China, we support them in India. Um, we support mg all over the world um just before we went into lockdown um i gave an interview for uh, mg motor south america um as they're getting ready to launch cars in ecuador so um, we do all sorts of things like that to support the new cars and help Uh, buyers of new cars understand where mg came from and what made mg so special
1: we haven't mentioned yet that it is the 90th anniversary of the mg car club incredible
2: yeah it's amazing so this october the club will actually turn 90 um so way back in 1930 there was a letter in the magazine the light car uh that called for a club for mg uh drivers uh and those guys met at the roebuck hotel in stevenage uh, on October the twelfth, nineteen thirty, and I think something like a hundred people turned out, um, and very quickly a club was formed. And Kimber, being the being the smart cookie that he was, was was alert to the fact that if he had a an army of enthusiasts out there shouting about how good his cars were. Um, that would very quickly help him sell more cars which is of course what he was mostly interested in is the roebuck still there yes it is it's um it's an indian restaurant splendid we can have a Um, lambuna then exactly exactly um so yeah it's changed a little bit since 1930 but the important thing is the building's still there so yeah if ever you want to go and see exactly where the mg car club was born the roebuck hotel in stevenage is your destination
1: Well, it's nice to be a part of history then, and here we are on the MG Car Club podcast talking about... Well, the stuff that we've been up to, really, in these weird times we find ourselves in. You've been busy with the kids trying to run the MG Car Club from home, and I've been, well, kind of realising that I actually live on my own, Adam, to be honest. It's never really <laughs> it's never really occurred to me until now, and then, like, at the weekend, I suddenly realised, oh, yeah, I actually live on my own. I'm usually so busy out and about with car events and what have you that I don't normally notice. It's a weird time, isn't it?
2: It is a really strange time. I mean, I got my i got my mgb out on saturday um literally got out of the garage uh washed it polished it put it back and that was it because what what more can you do um yeah it's a challenging time i'm I'm thinking about maybe doing one or two bits and pieces to the car while i've got some time but um yeah it's strange not being able to get to events and not being able to get to get to kimber house didn't you say you were considering some new wheels on the mgb Well, yeah, the thing is, my my MGB was actually my dad's, so my dad bought it brand new back in 1973, um, and he left it to me when he passed away in 2014. Um, Now, at the moment, it's still on the original Rostar wheels. and I've been thinking about maybe going for something like some anthracite uh, mini light style alloys for it, um, just to just to go for a bit of a change, really. Um, and my sort of thinking there has been accelerated by the fact that I've actually got a slow puncture on two of the tires. <laughs> so every time I get it out, I fill it with air. And then by the time I go to get it out again, I have to repeat the process. And of course, driving around with, with a slow puncture is never a good idea. So I've been thinking before I get too far into the season, I might actually take the plunge and, and change the wheels.
1: I quite like the original Ross styles. They're the ones with sort of like the, the little black inserts in them, aren't they? But so uh, yeah, I can I can see your car looking nice with a set of anthracite mini lights or something. Mm.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's quite a 70s combo because it's a, it's a blaze orange GT. So it's the most sort of 70s colour other than sort of Citroen or Harvest that I think you could probably get a BGT in. So... Um, so yeah that sort of bright and dark combination i think might work quite well
1: but it's got the orange stripy seats as well
2: no it's got the uh navy blue uh i forget what they call it but it's the the cloth the navy blue cloth
1: blue and orange absolutely only in the 70s eh? <laughs> only in the 70s <laughs> Well, we'll be talking to Charlotte Valden later on in this episode about her amazing story of a MGA called Frisky in the first of our member stories. And uh, this is really kind of what it's all about. Um, It's about getting you, the listener, the MG fanatic on the show with us telling us about your stories and we're looking forward to hearing them aren't we adam
2: definitely i mean there's there's so many great stories that members have told me in passing or over dinner or events um so yeah if we can share those with with the wider with the wider internet audience that would be great
1: now the uh before we get on to our other interviews we must say that the mg car club website at the minute is a wash Literally awash with interesting news articles. Uh, you can get it all at mgcc.co.uk, featuring all sorts of stories. The latest on smart motorways is up there, and of course, live updates for club members on the COVID 19 situation. All of the events, postponed dates, new dates, old dates, all the stuff you need basically is all up there on the MG Car Club website. And uh, alongside advice, I must mention, for registers and centres on uh, running their their various elements of the club during this uh, time as well but it was a busy time on the pages before all this coronavirus stuff kicked off wasn't it adam and uh, in particular e10 fuel being uh, a hot topic on the news pages
2: yeah i think a lot of people are really worried about what e10 is going to mean to us i mean there have been a lot of sort of horror stories in in the in the sort of specialist press about about uh, what it can do to hoses and fuel lines um how well it performs as a fuel, especially for older engines. Well, Adam, all of these stories
1: that are on the MG Car Club website in the news section, of course come from one very important place it is the federation of british historic vehicle clubs and they exist to uphold the freedom really of all of us to use our classic cars our classic mgs on the road it does this by representing the interests of owners such as ourselves to politicians government officials and legislators both in the uk and through the federation internationale day i'm not even going to try and say it we know them as fever in europe um, there's over 540 subscribers subscriber organizations uh, and uh, a total membership of quarter of a million individual and trade supporters in the federation and joining us now on the mg car club podcast is the chairman of the fbhvc david whale hi david hi wayne It's been a very busy time for the Federation in recent weeks, as Adam and I were just saying. Firstly, let's get the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 nightmare situation that we're all in out the way at the minute. This has had a massive impact on the big event that we were all looking forward to on April the 26th, which was, of course, Drive-It Day. So what's going to happen with Drive-It Day this year?
3: Drive-It Day 2020 has been cancelled. Um, But our statement, which members can read also on the website, suggests that enthusiasts can still celebrate Drive-It Day, Um, because Drive-It Day, you know, uh, relates back to the year 1900, when some very intrepid motorists set out to prove the reliability of this newfangled device the motor car. And in terms of celebrating Drive It Day this year, what we're suggesting is look out those pictures um, and then post them on hashtag Drive It Day memories and we will uh, collate all of the material and hopefully give give some people happy memories of what they've done on drive it days past. If you're locked in your workshop working on one of your vehicles on that day, um, equally send us a picture of that and uh, we'll be able to see what you're doing on uh, Sunday the 26th of April.
1: Well, it's hashtag drive it day memories then, and you'll be able to post your pictures on the MG Car Club Facebook and Twitter pages, and uh, you can tag it on Instagram as well. So do get involved with that. And as David says, if you're involved in something in the workshop because you can't get the car out, let's hear about that as well. Uh, you were already quite busy as the Federation on a number of subjects, actually, fighting our corner. The first one was E10 fuels. Now, the UK government restarted the consultation on E10 fuels. Firstly, what do we need to know about the government's plans and how is it going to affect us?
3: I'm going to refer you back to our website because there's quite an important position statement on the website that will give members lots of background information. But essentially, government are considering the introduction of E10 in order to reduce our carbon footprint. We will, of course, respond to the consultation, but we already have what we require for the future. And this is a commitment to provide an E5 protection grade. Now, this is recognizable at the pump by having an octane rating of between 97 and 99 ron now government has already acknowledged that historic vehicles need this product through the people we work in government with very closely we since the consultation was launched have had a written parliamentary question. The response to Sir Greg Knight's WPQ was basically to say, we recognize that historic vehicles need a product like the E5 protection grade. What was interesting with David Steele's question which um, was submitted just a few days later, that when the government response came to that, they actually said that they would introduce legislation to ensure the continued availability of the E5 protection grade. So that's actually really positive.
1: And there were some concerns early on, wasn't there, that this was going to be time-limited. Are you you satisfied that that's not going to be the case now?
3: The current consultation on E10 actually provides the opportunity for us to ask for it for a, um, a period of five years. And that is good because we actually need to demonstrate we need this product by purchasing it yeah. then in five years time when we have to go back to government to say we need e5 protection grade for another five years then there's good data supporting that request
1: ethanol is here to stay whether it's e5 or e10 protection grade or, or the what's going to maybe become standard grade what do you think owners can yep. do to mitigate the risk of their classic mg's being affected by this
3: lots of parts suppliers are now advertising uh, products like rubber fuel hoses that have resistance to ethanol talk to uh, mg specialists and listen to their advice
1: Of course, as David says, you can check out the statement on E10 Fuels on the MG Car Club website, on the news section, or, of course, by going to the FBHVC website as well. It's all on there for you. David Well of the Federation of British Historic Vehicle Clubs, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure.
0: The MG Car Club podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of Friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk.
2: Memories from Kimber House with Adam Sloman. At Kimber House we've got probably the world's largest collection of MG memorabilia that make up our archive collection and amongst those items are original factory styling models, uh, one of which is a unique styling model for the MGA. Now many people consider the MGA to be the prettiest car that MG have ever produced, and I count myself amongst those people. But one of the complaints they had from the American market was the lack of trunk space, or boot space as we'd say, uh, with the A, Um, and this complaint was taken so seriously by BMC that at one point they were considering creating a unique body style for the US market with a much larger and I will say much uglier rear end for the car. Uh, We actually have that original styling model at the car club and it's quite a clever wooden model. Uh, You look at it initially and it's got the standard MGA rear end. However, you can disconnect that back end and plug in the larger us market variant onto the back of the model so you can see exactly what that car would have looked like in full scale um, it's not attractive it's not pretty um but it is bigger uh, thankfully that um that different rear end never went into production but it's one of the many many things you can come and see when you come and visit us at kimber house
0: sharing your passion for mg this is member stories on the mg car club podcast Charlotte, welcome to the MG Car Club
1: podcast. You are the first of our members' stories here on the show. Thanks for coming on.
4: Thank you very much for the invitation. I feel quite honoured to be a guest at number one, Um, so hopefully I can do a good job and say some interesting things for you.
1: Well we talk in weird and interesting times of course we talk as we're in the middle of the uk lockdown at the minute and uh, adam and i were talking earlier on in the show about what we've been up to in our garages so uh, let's find out about what's in your garage tell us all about frisky the mga i suppose we should start by talking about your granddad and how uh, frisky the mga came to be in your possession tell us a story
4: Sure. So, uh, my granddad was called Raymond Greenway, um, but I called him Dodo uh, because my, uh, just to do a bit of background to that, is my grandmother uh, wanted to be called Dodo because she thought she was an extinct bird. Um, But instead, uh, my granddad called called Dodo because it was very similar to Dada. Um, So, that's why when I'm saying the word Dodo, I'm referring to my granddad. Um, and so he retired and he thought he'd treat himself to something a little bit younger and sportier than my nan um, and purchased uh, Frisky the MGA and she was born in 1960 um, but originally built for American export so if you can picture her now she's a beautiful red colour um, she's got black soft top and she's got spoke wheels. But when she was built in uh, 1960, she was iris blue um, and she had white trim wheels and she was left hand drive. Um, So off she was shipped to uh, California and that's where she spent the first 30 years of her life. Um, And I've got quite, I guess I've got quite a romantic uh, sort of vision um, of what, what it was like over there, you know, beautiful um orange sunset you know it's that real sort of red and vibrant color and her just kind of driving along but then i wouldn't really recognize her because she was iris blue um but uh, i don't know what happened during that first 30 years but um a gentleman called ron gammon which i'm sure um quite a few of the uh, mg folks out there will be familiar with his name he has a mg specialist in bulldog um in Hertfordshire. And that is where my grandfather met Frisky. Um, so Ron re-imported her from the from California, uh, converted her to right-hand drive, uh, resprayed her a uh, beautiful red colour um, that she now still wears, and he set her up uh, to race the Monte Carlo Classic in 1991, and he got first place. Um, and then after he'd done that. That's when Dodo, uh, he he sort of took over ownership um, and spent the next 30 years driving her all around the country. Uh, did a lot of rallies with the MG Car Club uh, down to Cornwall and things like that. Um, and then when Dodo passed away, that's when uh, I, I took over custodianship.
1: i oh, have got to ask the question, why the name Frisky?
4: Ah, so... The number plate is FSK302. So my grandfather thought it fitting to call her Frisky. Um, It's as simple as that.
1: I can just picture myself as you were describing its previous life in California there, cruising maybe down Sunset Boulevard in the late 1950s, early 1960s. Perhaps at some point it visited a drive-in cinema. It's, it's, It's stuff like that that really makes us turn to our imagination when it comes to classic MGs, isn't it?
4: Yeah and do you know what it's funny you mentioned the drive-in cinemas um I was actually you know referencing where we're at at the moment where a lot of us um our cars well I should say probably all of us our cars are stuck in the garage uh, for the foreseeable um, but I was reading something in the news and it was saying how perhaps because of what's happened drive-through cinemas or drive-in cinemas will become more popular because of the whole social distancing thing and that is something that i would absolutely love to do uh, so maybe that could be a, an mg car club um meet like you know We can all do some social distancing cinema when it's all over. I
1: like it. Yeah, I think it can catch on as a new feature at MG Live. I like it. I think that would be be
4: great. Yeah, that would be really, really cool.
1: We like it. We like it. More details, by the way, on this podcast about the latest news on MG Live coming up very soon. I'm guessing you never really had a classic car before Frisky came into your custodianship. So was there a lot you've had to learn?
4: My sort of car history, I wouldn't say classics, but I'd say bangers. Um, (laughs) I have had a couple of Ford Fiestas uh, in my time, um, and they've all been rather rusty, reliable to a point um but you know at the, at the stage of falling apart And so my dad's a mechanic by trade and he's been that all his life and so it's largely thanks to him that I've been able to to sort of look after frisky my dad and i were due to be um, driving the car across southeast asia um at this very moment um but unfortunately the the uh, coronavirus um put those plans to to bed for the foreseeable Because this trip was going to take about two months and we were going to go on to Everest Base Camp, um, I didn't want my dad to be the only person who knew how to fix things. Um, So he showed me quite a lot of um, stuff, uh, particular checks to make. So that would be my responsibility. Um, And, you know, it sounds basic, but when you're doing a trip for several months across all kinds of terrains um, at altitude and stuff like that, You know, you've really got to have someone looking at the simple stuff like the oil and the water every single day, twice a day, and if not more, if you're in the heat. Was
1: it at all frightening to get in that MGA on your own and go and start doing long journeys in it, or through learning the art of tinkering, as you obviously have done, is that giving you the confidence to really drive it anywhere?
4: That's a really good question. So um, I was absolutely terrified the first time I took Frisky out. It was a beautiful day and I was in my shorts, I had my sparkly sandals on, I had my sunglasses, I had my flat cap. I thought I had it all worked out. There was petrol in there, I was like, yep, sweet, that'll do. Off I go. So I get in the car and I couldn't get the handbrake off. Um, and there's, it's one of those things, as all classic drivers will appreciate. There's a knack to it.
1: <laughs> yes, you're not the ever. first one to have been foxed by the fly off handbrake, there, Charlotte. Oh, Don't worry.
4: worry <laughs> me. It. And so in the end, uh, you know, haven't even moved, and I had to go knock on the neighbour's door and ask some and ask him to come and help, and he couldn't get the handbrake released either. Went off for a drive, got onto a dual carriageway, and it, you would just, you couldn't make it up clouds roll over, hailstones. Now, the roof was down, uh, so I pulled in. Thankfully, there was a service station uh, nearby, so I pulled into the service station, located the furthest corner possible to reduce the amount of embarrassing exposure, uh, pulled up, turned the engine off, and I was in an absolute flap. Um, And these two blokes saw me, and they, funnily enough, had classic cars and were on their way to the show. So they came over and and it was really nice actually because they weren't patronizing um, but we managed to put the roof on uh after quite a, a tussle and then it was like oh have you if you got the windows uh, and i was like uh, uh, no the windows were still at my granddad's house in the garage because i didn't realize that you had to take windows with you that they weren't attached to the door you know it's all these things that sound so obvious now got back in the car tail between my legs got the engine going it was absolutely soaking wet the carpet there were little puddles in the in the grooves of the leather seats and i just felt like a, a i just i was so embarrassed didn't know how to turn the lights on so crawled back home got stuck on a roundabout got the car home turned the engine off and i just thought okay i think i respect you a little bit more and i spoke to frisky and i was just like i'm really sorry i had no idea um and I promise to look after you. And there was a sense of, I wanted to prove to myself that I could drive her. It was a massive learning curve
1: we've all got stories like that and of course this is what this part of the podcast is all about sharing those stories and you know you've thrown yourself in you obviously are very comfortable with frisky now and uh, got some big journeys planned for the future but you're also helping other young women to get into classic cars as well and tell us about what you're doing to promote female ownership of cars
4: There is a group that I am involved with called the Driven Collective. Um, And it's not exclusively for women. It's inclusive of everybody. But we all met up uh, for a very civilised afternoon tea um, late last year. And we just sat around the table and we shared experiences of the industry. Um, And it's classic cars and it's it's modern cars. And it's trying to encourage women that, you know what, you can come at this from whatever angle you want. It's more about encouraging the next generation to get involved.
1: Charlotte Valden, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have some amazing adventures when we finally get let out from lockdown. And if you you ever need a co-driver, I am quite happy to volunteer myself. I do know our fly-off handbrake works. So there you are.
4: Fantastic. (laughs) I appreciate that very much.
0: The MG Car Club Podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk.
1: So, Adam, do you think she's going to let me co drive with her? She didn't sound convinced to me.
2: Oh, I think you'll be very lucky there, mate. Since, um, <laughs> she's got an absolutely stunning car there. And uh, I'm not quite sure you're ready for something as nice as Charlotte's MGA, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs>
1: well, we're going to have to have her back on the podcast when we're out of all this craziness of coronavirus uh, to see if she ever finally makes it to Base Camp of Everest in Frisky the MGA. So we'll have to have her back on. Absolutely back to mg car club matters adam and obviously talking of craziness here we are we were expecting mg live to take place this coming june sadly though it has been postponed um not the choice of the mg car club nor was it last year either of course but of course we now know that motorsport uk the governing body of motorsport in this country basically withdrew all the permits so one of the main features of mg live which is the motor racing couldn't have happened it's all been really difficult for the guys at kimber house isn't it
2: yeah it's just a nightmare i mean after last year's cancellation we were we were desperate to get mg live back um to its rightful place in the in the middle of the the season this year um none of us could have foreseen what's happened with the coronavirus it's uh It's just crazy. Um, We held on as long as possible in the hope that that things were gonna calm down. Um, But when Motorsport UK announced their decision to extend the uh, permit withdrawal until the end of June, that really and truly was was it for us for for the June date so um, we have had to postpone MG Live Um, it wasn't something we wanted to do Uh, we're working really closely with Silverstone to see when we can get the event into the calendar because like i said we were desperate to get it back this year Um, and even more so with it being the club's 90th anniversary it's something that's really important to us
1: we're not unusual everyone who had an event between sort of march early march and the beginning of july is in the same boat as the mg car club are but it doesn't make it any easier
2: the trouble is with this whole coronavirus thing there's just no idea when things are going to get back to normal um so at the moment, we really don't know quite when we're gonna be able to slot it into the calendar. We're talking to Silverstone uh, on, a, on an almost weekly basis. Um, the event's really important to them because it's been running, uh, this would have been the 69th year, um, sorry, this would have been the 70th year, thinking about it. Um, that we would have had MG live or or a, or a summer summer race meeting um, at Silverstone. So the event is really important to Silverstone, the car club, and Silverstone go all the way back to the 1940s when the circuit was formed. Um, in fact, the car club was one of several clubs to loan Silverstone the money. to to buy the airfield and turn it into a race circuit so we'll keep you
1: updated of course when news of mg live is with us and when we know more about some future dates of course you can keep up to date with everything mg car club related on mgcc.co.uk we'll keep you up to date with everything on there in the meantime though we're having our own virtual car show aren't we adam Uh, to celebrate 90 years you can get involved with submitting your photos what's all this about
2: one of the things we really wanted to focus on with the club turning 90 was the members um, You know, don't get me wrong the cars are amazing the cars are really special but what keeps people in car clubs are the people they meet so what we wanted to do was do a photo competition that would allow our members to show off their special moments with their cars it could be you working on the car in the garage it could be the first time you got behind the wheel of your mg it could be you out with a bunch of mates in your car it could be at a a race meeting it could be a hill climb it could be a sprint it could be a trial um it could be your local natter um you know down the dog and duck on a thursday night with you and dave and his mgb um there's all sorts of, of wonderful photos that we've already had um so yeah the the main message is to keep those photos coming um because we've had some lovely lovely pictures so far
1: you can follow the links in the description part of the podcast player here as well. It's photos.mgcarclub.co.uk, or of course you can follow the links from the MG Car Club website to see all of the amazing photos and there are some brilliant photos that have been submitted already uh, to our photo contest. It's running until the end of August and uh, get snapping, basically. Share the best pictures that you have that sum up your MG passion and MG Car Club life in our 90th anniversary year until next time on the mg car club podcast where adam and i will be talking more mg stuff and hearing from you of course uh, we'll see you next time don't forget of course to subscribe to the mg car club podcast and also uh, to get in touch with us go on to the website mgpodcast.uk and tell us about your mg stories and it could be you being interviewed on this very show so from adam Goodbye, guys. Take care.
0: And from me, see you next time. Cheerio. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.